0: My youth is a fuse, cruise, cruise podcast. I got a fuse, cruise, cruise, and I'm telling you the truth. It's a fuse, fuse. Welcome to episode three of A Few Screws Loose, the podcast where we have discussions about mental illness and mental health from the mentally ill and mentally unhealthy. I am one of your hosts, Dan. You can find me on Twitter and IG at I am Dan on drugs. And I am P from Charlotte.
1: You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Screws Loose Pod.
0: To recap episode two, P and I both uh, discussed SAD, which was seasonal affective disorder, how it affects millions of people every year, both in the winter months and in the summer months and spring as well, highest suicide rates in the springtime. We went over what we did for the winter holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we also talked about some of the strategies. Well, I don't think they were strange, but P thinks they were strange contraptions that I purchased to help cure my insomnia, which didn't work very well. We also touched on a few treatment options for seasonal affective disorder. So if you're interested in learning more about SAD, seasonal affective disorder, check out episode two. What we're going to discuss today is being... um recluse is pretty much practicing social avoidance, not going outside or unnecessarily uh, being uncomfortable in social situations and what have you. Now, a lot of people think that that is considered antisocial behavior or us being antisocial. But last week, P pointed out that a lot of people incorrectly use the term antisocial. So would you like to add some clarity to that, P? If, if you just take the name
1: antisocial, um, it has like a, a connotation to it where you would think the obvious anti means against social means interacting with people. But that's not what it means. Um, antisocial personalities are mainly about how you treat people. And it's typically uh, in a very unhealthy, uh, you know, very selfish manner. So, you know, an example of antisocial is, you know, people with that issue, they tend to be manipulative. They have no empathy towards anyone else. They don't care. They only see people as, you know, steps to get what they want. Uh, and they have no problem utilizing you to get what they want and throwing you away. So um, that's all. It's one of the da- more dangerous personality faults. Um, it's sort of like being a sociopath, a narcissist, things like that. They kind of go hand in hand. So antisocial means you do interact with people, but your social interactions are not a normal healthy one and it's pretty much uh you, you are using people for your own personal gain as opposed to just staying away like uh being a recluse would be.
0: Huh. I've always considered myself antisocial because, you know, I'm if I get invited to let's say a gathering or something, I'm gonna be like, nah, not really, because, you know, I'm an antisocial person. So by saying that, I'm Really saying that I'm a sociopath and psychopath? Yeah, pretty much. You're pretty much saying that um if you go, you're gonna probably
1: pickpocket some people, uh steal somebody's car, sleep with somebody's wife, and then go to sleep with a smile on your face like nothing happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. No need to bring up last Wednesday. Man, that's uh that's interesting because I see what you're saying. Anti social as far as in in medical or clinical terms. But then again, like you said at the at the top of that is anti is against and social people, so yeah, it's kind of weird, man. Well, I can get a just real quick um a little more specific
1: um the a p a uh you know they have certain diagnostic uh criteria diagnostic criteria the a p a is the American Psychi- psychiatric association um they are very specific markers they look for, and I'm not gonna go into detail, but I'll just give you a few of them um You know, one is a failure to conform to social norms. No respect to lawful behaviors. um, Repeated, repeatedly performing acts that are, you know, could possibly get you arrested. uh, Deception. Repeatedly lying. Use aliases. Conning others for your profit or pleasure. Impulsivity. Can't plan ahead. uh, Aggressiveness. You know, fights, assaults, irritability, reckless disregard for the safety of others, uh, consistent irresponsibility, and lack of remorse. Um, those are some of the pretty much the bark, the, the, the markers that someone with antisocial personality would have to meet in order to have that diagnosis
0: from a, a psychiatrist. Damn. So do you um, suffer from any of these things? Well, no, I no, no, <laughs> I, I, don't. Um, I don't. I don't. W-
1: I was like you. I thought it was, you know, just don't you don't uh get along with people. So you stay away until I had someone in my personal life who exhibits all of these traits. And it's very close to that diagnosis. You must be 18 years old to get that diagnosis. Damn. Um, but it, it is a, a it is obviously a drastic difference than just being uh, a recluse when you actually come into contact with a sociopath or antisocial person. Because they, they go, they're, they're synonyms, uh, psych- psychopathy and uh, uh, antisocial personality. So you'll know it when you run into
0: one. Man, that's that's kind of fucked up, too, as far as the the... They're needing to be an age, uh, a sp- specific age to be diagnosed with something. So what you're telling me is if someone under the age, let's say they're 16 and a half, right? And there's no doubt about it that they're um, antisocial or a sociopath. They can't get that diagnosis until they're 18. What, what sense does that make? Because you still have some brain development to
1: go. Before you're 18, you, it's just called conduct disorder um, oppositional defiance disorder. And once you hit 18, that diagnosis changes to antisocial personality or sociopath. Um, you know, they, they try to give time to maybe the brain will develop a little further, but once you hit 18, it's pretty much set. And, um, these people typically don't change their behavior, uh, you know, very, you know, uh, very much at all. So, um, I understand why they wait until you're 18, but they do have a diagnosis before then. And and like I stated, it's called conduct disorder and uh, oppositional defiance. So those are some things that you might want to look at if you have kids at home who are more disobedient and disrespectful than the average.
0: Right. Yo, what's crazy, too, is um, this dude I work with, he has a kid, his kid. Everyone can see it except for him that. His his child is a mixed bag of nuts. And some of the behavior and some of the, the stories we hear, I they're, they're really alarming. Like, for instance, this kid, he's probably about seven, eight years old. He uh, he has threatened to kill his parents multiple times. He refuses to wear shoes just because people want him to wear shoes. He wears like he wears a damn Spider-Man uh, costume. Everywhere, all day long, like to school. How old is this guy? He's like, Pro- uh, he has to be in. No, matter of fact, he's ten. He's ten years old. Wow. So he he's just like uh, he's a fucking looney tune, man. So lot lots of people have told this co-worker, hey man, um, you should probably get get your son some help. He needs therapy or something. So no bullshit. I lie to you not when I say. This this dude he is 100% anti mental health. So we have these conversations at work often about mental health because I have a coworker who suffers from the same a lot of the same things that you and I both suffer from and she does take a uh, a lot of medicine to to help her uh cope and help her get through the day, right? This dude coworker, mind you, he like he'll listen to her and say, "Oh yeah, you know that's" That's so bad, you know. I, oh uh, yeah, that that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. And as soon as she leaves the room, this dude he'll start saying stuff like, "Yeah, see, what's wrong with her is, you know, she's taking all those pills. That's what's wrong with her. See, she needs to stop taking those pills, and she won't be as fucked up." And I just be like, looking at him, like, man, you know, your kid's gonna grow up to be a fucking mass murderer. You you ain't got no room to talk about somebody not needing to take these pills. So. Back to the point I, I was telling him, multiple people told him, You need to get this kid into therapy, get him in front of a professional. No lie, this is what he said. He said, Nah, man. Um, you know, I looked on Amazon and I bought this book. And this book is basically telling me that what's wrong with my kid is his diet. And you know, we started to put the links together. Like, sometimes when he eats pizza. He acts really aggressive and really erratic. And other times when he eats vegetables, he's more calm. And, you know, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to regulate his behavior by his diet, because this book that I got off of Amazon tells me that. And
1: I know. I, yeah, I, I met someone that did that. My wife, her young, our youngest, um, my stepson, her youngest son was in daycare when I first met her. And there was a child there that would always attack and hit and bite and scratch and they would never do anything to him. And the parents said, oh, we're going to control his, his, uh, his issues with diet. And that was bullshit. You know, obvi- obviously, that's not going to work, but, um, the problem that I, I do kind of, I'm, I don't know if your uh, coworker knows this, but you know, if <laughs> the problem with, you know, conduct disorder, uh, you know, antisocial personality and psychopathy is when you're a child, it typically doesn't get better. And I know this, you know, from personal experience and I also, you know, science backs it up that if you have these disorders, it's not really that there's an actual mental disorder going on. It's the fact that, look, I got a saying back in the day, those people were called assholes. And that's true. <laughs> I'm not that's not even a joke all the way. Um, but they put the word disorder on it. It is they know what they're doing and they choose to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, the. uh. The um Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology, and Neuroscience stated that childhood hyperactivity, and conduct disorder showed an equally strong prediction of antisocial personality disorder and criminality in early and mid adult life so Damn. it it is not likely to improve just because you see a therapist and it a lot of time it ends up being a huge waste of money because the person doesn't want to change
0: right right, man well, then I guess I guess my coworker's doing the right thing because. He put he did get a therapist for his child. The therapist, um well, from these are all secondhand stories, but this dude's very open about everything. The therapist kicked them out, kicked the parents out. Like y'all get the fuck out of here because y'all are shaping the way these sessions are going. So yeah. I
1: I know, I know, I know about that firsthand too. Yep. They they do that and they think they don't have to tell you what's going on and and they don't want you around. Yeah, they do. They do that. That is a
0: fact. I See, I wouldn't have a problem with it. However, I would want I would want some sort of summary after the fact. But after they kicked him out, the um, therapist told him, oh, yeah, these sessions are, you know, they're going well. He does have, you know, um, what's it called? Obedience disorder or something. Defiance. Would you say oppositional was, defiance? Yeah. Oppositional defiance disorder. And, uh, you know, he's going to need a lot of therapy, but he'll be able to work through it. So he was like, oh, well, now that I know what he has, I'll just buy another book off of Amazon that tells me how to fix it. Man, that kids he's going to grow up to be a mass murderer. There's no question in my mind. I mean, I'm going to say that he's he's probably just as likely
1: to get him fixed reading a book as he is going to the doctor. Because <laughs> a lot of a lot of these doctors, seriously, you know, I have very close experience with this exact exact situation. They don't give you summaries. They don't want to, they keep secrets from you. They don't want to tell you anything, but they take your money. They, it is a, it's an issue where they don't, at the doctor's office level, they don't want to really let you know that it's not likely that they're going to change because ultimately you have to want to change. It's like sending somebody to rehab by force who has no desire to quit smoking or drinking. So, you know, after a while, the problem with going to these therapists too, is that they end up learning how to manipulate even more. They learn the the buzzwords. They learn what to say. They learn how to manipulate other adults. And when people have this disorder, they typically search for new people that they can find that don't know them yet. So they can game them until they use them all up and keep moving. And a lot of time they they play the psychologist the exact same way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've actually I've going back to when I, I was in a lot of trouble growing up myself for criminal behavior. I had to see a lot of social workers, counselors, um I I think I was court ordered to see a therapist and you you know the whole gamut of shit like that, right? And one thing I did do is I did game and manipulate them pretty much is whenever I did some shit that was really fucked up, it'll be like like say I was in one of these facilities and I got in a fist fight with someone, punched them. punched him in the head or something. Right. Normally you get get in trouble for that. So then I would go see the social worker and be like, you know, uh, I'm just I'm just so angry inside that, you know, I don't have a father in my life or a positive uh, male role model. And the only men in my life now are corrections officers. So that that makes me angry. And I used to get off the hook for a lot of fucked up shit I did for saying shit like that. So, yeah, I can see exactly how that works. I believe it. Um, The thing is, too,
1: adults need to realize kids don't think like adults. So when we say when we sit there and tell them things like that, like, oh, are you upset because your father's not around or because you want more male role models? Kids don't want that. Kids want more access to want to fun and things they want. But when you say these things to kids, you provide them answers just know what to say next time they're in a situation to say, oh, I really miss, uh, you know, my dad or, oh, I really don't have any male role models and I'm dying to have one. If you're a child and you are mature enough to know that, then you are fully capable of not engaging in that, you know,
0: irresponsible and, and bad behavior. Yeah, 100 percent. And to kind of reel it back in to the whole being a recluse. um, One, one of the things you said that just kind of um, reminded me as far as feeding feeding kids answers and information and things they could use at a later date is Becky does that to me often. And sometimes uh, I can't help myself. So she'll say something like, uh, Hey, do you want to go to the mall and go shopping or are you too tired to do that? Well, shit, I ain't even got to think of a a, a reason not to now. Like, yep. (laughs) Man, I'm, I am kind of tired, man. But, you know, we'll see how I tired feel later. it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can 100% see kids
1: doing that. Side note, I still think it's so funny living in the South now, coming from the D.C. area, that they still do malls down here. You know, it's like we don't do that back home anymore. You know, no. you might go to Pentagon City and that's, that's it or Tyson's Corner once a, every year or two. But they don't do malls back home. They close down like crazy. So. The South, apparently, they still do the mall, and that, that still trips me out. Man. That's kind of unrelated to everything, but you brought up
0: the mall. <laughs> yeah, Baton Rouge, man, the Mall of America. Like, nigga, that ain't yeah. the Mall of America. You in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, man, country mall. That's the man. fake Mall of America. The real one is in Minnesota.
1: Yeah. This yeah. is called, like, Mall of the Americas or something like that. So <laughs> it's it's the Mall of all the
0: Americas. Man, <laughs> man fuck malls, man. And that, that you know, actually, we're going to touch on malls and. few minutes but the fancy word I want to use here is misanthropy and I've really I've never heard of that until today so I'm gonna read the definition of it misanthropy is the general hatred dislike distrust contempt or avoidance of the human species or human nature a misanthrope or misanthropist is somebody who holds such views or feelings The word's origin is from the Greek words misos, hatred, and anthropos, man or human. Some of the characteristics of misanthropy is a more pronounced, it's more pronounced among people from specific professions, especially content moderators. This outlook often derives from the serious psychological toll of reviewing violent sexually abusive and disturbing content for a living. So figured I'd throw that in there too. I I can
1: understand that. Um, You know, there was a recent story. um, I can't, I can't recall where, when it was talking about social media content moderators and how a lot of these people, I think they're in China and around the world and these big, you know, almost like call centers where they screen all this social media stuff and how these people are, you know, high, have high suicide rates Uh, You know, for high depression rates, because they are the ones when you get your videos blocked on social media, they're the ones that have to watch it. So they see everything, murders, uh, rapes, assaults, everything. And I can imagine seeing that stuff will kind of turn you into that, um, you know, and and I, I can also imagine, too, that a lot of people from poverty may be misanthropistic, whatever the word is. I made that one up. But. You know, when you see this, the bad side of the world for so long, you kind of lose faith, especially nowadays. It seems like it's getting even worse. And it seems also that there are more people that fit that antisocial personality disorder type. And being around a bunch of them definitely will make you lose faith in humanity.
0: Yeah. And you see them like I'm glad you brought up social media because social media is so full of bullshit. I mean, it's it's breeding Narcissistic, sociopathic, antisocial people. Because social media is fake. Everything on social media is about image, 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 image. How do I look? A motherfucker takes like selfies. You taking selfies at restaurants, taking pictures of your food, taking pictures of your clothes. Like I, I don't know. I don't understand it. But I know everything is all about image. How things appear. And people will take the same fucking picture. Like if you want to post a selfie, right, of you eating at some restaurant. By the time you're done taking selfies, your food going to be cold because I've seen someone literally take a selfie like eight or nine times because they didn't like the way the, way the previous one looked. I'm like, yo, that's really how we living out here. And then you got these young 13, 14 year old kids that this is all they know. Social media is their reality. So the shit that they see on social media, you remember how back when we grew up, we could easily differentiate movies like violence in movies. What's fake? What's not fake? These kids Rap can't songs. do that. No, they don't. They think it's all real. Um, yeah, I must say
1: you brought up selfies. I want to say two things about selfies. One is kind of stupid, but I remember when cell phone cameras first came out and I was in the fire department. And back then, you know, the stigma of selfies wasn't established. You know, I was still posting pictures of the Black Planet back then. So, you know, I used to take pictures of myself all the time. You know, somebody's got to take it. So I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And then I started to see a few years later people saying, man, men shouldn't be taking selfies. And I started to think, why is that? And then I realized they should men shouldn't be taking selfies. (laughs) Like you got dudes posing, taking three, four, five, six, seven pictures. I mean, look, you really care that much about yourself that you going to post nothing but selfies on your social media. Come on, man. And, and, you know, it's just I, I did see, too, um, that psychiatrists also sometimes it's now it's not an official diagnosis, but they also look at social media accounts of certain people and they, they have a template. And I, I saw it online. I wish I had it with me right now. Uh, based off of people's social media accounts and the pictures they choose, uh, it can help determine what level of a narcissist they may be. Damn. You know, people like me and you, we throw anything up there. We don't we don't give a damn. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot more people, they have to have that perfect shot. They will never be caught in any moment where they're not exactly 100 percent perfect.
0: Man, that's and that's 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 got to be a, a real bad way to live. My social media profiles, both personal and the ones for the shows, either are self-deprecating pictures like wearing stuff like you, you saw on my social media pages. I, I wear woman's clothes. Not to dress up as a woman, but just to be stupid.
1: I, oh yeah, you also got those pictures when you was like standing in front of the Christmas tree, yeah, with the Christmas stocking on your head and stuff, and yeah, much, and, much. And you, you showed off that new tattoo you got.
0: <laughs> yeah, that man, that tattoo man took a long time too, but you know, it's worked much like much like the ones <laughs> where you know people are in the alley smoking crack. It's like when you post these kinds of oh, pictures, yeah. it's <laughs> it's just like hey. But yeah, man, it's like I'm either self-deprecating or what's the word I want to look for? Like if you look at my IG page now, at I am Dan on Drugs, you'll see a picture as a silhouette of me. You can't see any of my features. Now that's that's somewhat purposely done because fucking Facebook kept getting my coworkers and other people out recommending my IG page, and I don't even have the two pages linked, but somehow. So I had to change the picture so no one could see it was me. But yeah, I I don't want my face all over social media. Back in the day, that shit used to be taboo. You never wanted a picture of yourself or your name online. Now people don't have a problem with their entire names being online. First name, last name, location, and all kinds of pictures. Man, people knowing where your kids go to school, where you live now. Fuck that. Back, Back when we were coming up, that shit was taboo. And back in the day on Black Planet, you didn't have friends that
1: you knew from school because I think Black Planet was live when we were like seniors or juniors. Um, you didn't have people from school on your friends list. You figured, well, what the hell? I see these people every day. Yeah. I don't want them knowing all my business. You know, but now nobody thinks that any every, nobody thinks that anything should remain personal anymore. Nah. And that's just a frightening thing, because like you said, Dan, they they give the uh, vital information about themselves away and don't even realize it. Put it this way. Let me tell you how Facebook is, is, is genius. And I'm sure it didn't start this way. They started off as a social media platform for people in college to communicate. They ask you basic information. Now they ask you for so much more information. And ever since they've gone public, they've evolved into a, uh, a service for companies for mass uh, targeted marketing. And that's pretty much all they are. They, they base your, your profiles, your likes, your comments to ways they can target advertising to you, and that's why you see things similar that you talked about earlier in the day on advertisements. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and that's pretty much what Facebook Facebook has become—just a, a, a
0: excellent tool for direct marketing towards the consumer. Exactly, and I can speak both. Um, well, I can speak from a professional standpoint. To that, um, I do all of our social media campaigns, our Google ads, Google AdWords. I, I handle all of the the Internet marketing for for the job. Now, I don't I don't do the actual ads and stuff. But what I do is I, I target uh, first, I collect the data on our demographics and then target them with these campaigns. And Facebook makes it is they have it down to a science. So, for instance, let's say I'm selling baby bottles or something, something dumb. Right. I can target mothers, new mothers from the ages 18 to 35 or 40 um, with a certain annual household income, with a certain level of education, with like this is how deep these campaigns go. And then when you have the money to put behind it like personally for for these for the shows that we do a uh, few screws loose and black law and Lies, social media marketing's not worth it right now because there's literally five million podcasts out here so it's kind of hard to stand out so people would ignore it but when you actually have a product and you're pushing it to your target demographic with big money behind it Yo, the results are fucking crazy. And I can tell you, Facebook and Instagram is where we see our biggest return on investment.
1: Yeah. And it's, and also the other thing that they utilize is linking these accounts. Um, You know, it's not just social media. You know, if you talk about something, you may get an advertisement for it later. So I, I know that's kind of off subject of what we initially were talking about. <laughs> Way off. You know, we started with social media. <laughs> But but I'm just it, I, but we pretty much got to that because we were saying watch what you say and watch what you do yeah. because there are consequences to what you say and what you do. Um, however, though, a lot of these antisocial people, they strategically use social media for their benefit. They're not stupid. I, I've learned from being close to one, one, one person like that is um, everything they do has a reason. So when you think you're telling them something is not a good idea, they know, but there's a reason why they're doing it. So, you know, a lot of time, though, they don't have the ability to plan. So they may plan on the desired effect that they the desired outcome for what they do on social media. But they tend to be so self-absorbed in themselves that they don't think about the potential negative consequences. Right. That comes with what they say and do on social media. And there are lots of I would say that on social media, the potential negative
0: consequences far outweigh the potential benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it, man. Going back to being rec- reclusive, maybe I mean, maybe that's why we're not even into that whole social media thing, too, because, again, we we practice avoidance. We avoid people and whatnot. So do you, let me ask you this. Do you identify as a recluse? Um, I
1: have before, but I don't. It's hard to explain because I don't go out and do stuff. I don't like to. But um, but I don't that don't mean I, I feel as though I have to be stuck in the house. I have a set pattern of things that I enjoy, but I have my own issues for why I don't enjoy being in crowded environments, why I don't like parking decks, why I don't like being closed in or going to chaotic environments. I do have reasons as to why, Um, but if it's just go outside, go to the store, take the kids somewhere, Mm -hmm. um, as long as it's not something crazy like Black Friday shopping, I don't have a problem (laughs) with it. Other people would label me as a recluse because I'm great at disappearing, you know, but um, I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm a recluse, um, you know, as bad as some people may
0: be. Yeah. Same here. Um, I prefer. Let, let me just say this. If There's three places I go like regularly, routinely work to damn, work to work out and home. That's it. So I guess being that I do go out to these places, that uh, that would shed being a complete recluse. But on days that I don't work out on days that I don't go to work, I'm typically in the house or at the house all day long. Like, for instance, we were all for Thanksgiving, Black Friday and then a Saturday and Sunday. Right. The only time that I left the house was to go to the airport to pick Becky up um, when she flew back in. So yeah, I, I I won't leave the house for days if I don't have a good reason to. Now there is one thing that you said I, I kind of wanted to touch on: parking decks. which what's, what's your issue with parking decks? I just hate
1: them, man. I have a a issue with not being in uh control, and I'm not saying full control. But the thing about parking decks is you feel closed in. You can't leave how you want, when you want, and it's not easy access. Um. To me, I'm one of those people, and I know a lot of people say, "Oh, I always got to have my my back facing the wall and me facing the door." I really <laughs> am one of those people, and it's not all from the fire department. I know I say fire department all the time, but you know, it's a fact that you're always planning on safe means of egress in the event of a catastrophe. So that's one reason. But another reason is, you know, when I'm in closed spaces like 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 I stayed at a, a parking deck. Um, you know, me and Dan, we have quite a history. <laughs> uh, in our heydays in the 90s when we were little knuckleheads running around of 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 being the type of people who would cause that trouble. Yeah. And I don't like to be in confined environments because there are lots of little knuckleheads running around who like to cause trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, me and we didn't go around starting stuff, but at the same time we were vigilant back then too, uh, about being in strange situations. So we were so vigilant it's sort of like on Friday, the third Friday when Terry Cruz was at the party and he was standing in the corner with phone books around his stomach in case he gets <laughs> shanked. And it was just a rent party. It was not that serious. Right. But by being so vigilant and, you know, on alert,
0: you, you may end up causing the problem. Yeah. Yeah, man. That And we we're definitely going to dig a little deeper into the, to being knuckleheads. But I, I do recall us actually starting stuff quite a few times, um, memory serves me correct <laughs> but uh play. hey i mean i'm sure they deserved it <laughs> like look at that motherfucker sitting right there he deserves some shit man fuck him <laughs> so what, what what are some places that uh we will we'll both uh answer this but what are some places that you go that you're comfortable and it's not a second thought well i can tell you i'm sure
1: that uh art Places that we like to frequent and places that we don't like to frequent or attend or go to are going to be fairly similar. I mean, I'm like you. This goes back to when I was in a D.C. area. You know, I have to uh, I, I'm on disability. I don't work anymore. I'm retired. Um, but I, I go to 7-Eleven. I go to the to the gym. I have to get my workout in a certain time of day. I can't go at other times. I don't like to be in a crowded gym. I don't like to fight for parking spaces, um, but I frequent those places as a regular, you know, as a regular activity. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, my regular
0: activities are, f- are probably similar to yours, Dan. Am I assuming right? Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, I haven't been working out as much as I, I would like to, or as much as I'm historically known for, but yeah, that, I mean, if I'm not working out, there's, I do like, um, Rite AIDS, man, and all the Rite AIDS are closing, which is pissing me off. But Rite Aid is my Seven Eleven, And that's the only place that I feel comfortable Going to get stuff, whether it be drinks or snacks or whatever, man, I don't go. I to, hate Rite Aid. I, I did for a long time, but there was one right next door to our office building. So I just kind of got used to going there. And man, we're creatures of habit. So it's like I need a Rite Aid everywhere. And they got cheap water, too. <laughs> but Well, I, th- I thought Rite Aids were turning to Walgreens everywhere, weren't they? N- not down here. Down here, man, we already had a, a, a whole... Lot of Walgreens, so they they're being split. Some of them are just closing and gone. Some of them are being turned into CVS. Some are being turned into Walgreens. So it's kind of like a mixture. Yeah. But it's like, man, I don't want to go to Walgreens like to get too. my water. Well, if they
1: call it, if they change it to Dwayne Reed, that's just Walgreens too. That's what they call Walgreens in New York. I'm like, who the hell is Dwayne? <laughs> but yeah, they're similar here. They're turning the Wal right Aids closing them up or turning
0: the Walgreens. I beat Dwayne's ass. That
1: that was our business. That 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 was the business discussion
0: portion of our show yeah don't buy stock in uh right aid <laughs> man um so what what are some places that that you go but you dread going that i dread going i don't really go anywhere that i dread going now
1: you know um i don't like to go to the movies but i like to see the marvel movies at the movies um so i all i only go to the movie theater where i can buy my reserve seat so i can get my same spot because i get anxiety when i'm waiting for the movie to start and Well, what if I can't find my seat? What if I don't park? What if I can't find a parking space? Um, But I guess the more appropriate answer or question um, would be places that I don't like to go to. And um, I do not like to go to social events and parties. I've never gone to a party, ever. I don't like to go to concerts, shows, events where there's, you know, seats and things like that. I don't like to go to, you know, football games basketball games any of that
0: stuff anymore Wait, you i said, can't stand it i'm on edge you said seats <laughs> hey, huh? you said seats hey man you walk up seats, seats you don't like to go nowhere where there's seats <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> i like to
1: I, I like standing room only
0: <laughs> but now nah, i mean for and
1: that's not all the way wrong though because i would go to the nationals games back home and have a, a seat but i would go to the standing room only part i don't like to be sitting around people, surrounded by people on
0: all sides. I can't stand that. Damn, man. I feel bad, like, at a family function or something, man. You walk in somebody's house, be like, fuck your couch, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> fuck your couch, nigga. Man. Yeah. I I mean, places that I go that I dread going are typically work. Um, Yeah, I dreaded work, too, when I did that. Yeah. that's And that's a horrible feeling. When you wake up every morning... And not to kind of turn this dark, but you ask why, you know what I'm saying? It's like you wake up and it's like, why, man? Why a- another one of these? And, you know, some people I I'll often get into debates with one of the old receptionist ladies at work. She's an old lady, seen a lot of things, but she'll walk. Um, I walk into the office and I don't speak to anybody because, yo, fuck y'all. But she would yell out. Dan, good morning to you, too. And I'll be like, what's good about it? Well, you woke up this morning, didn't you? And that's a blessing in its own. And I'm like, eh, I see it otherwise. Oh, no, don't you talk like that. Don't, don't, you don't mean that, because you might not have another one. Okay, be doing me a favor. And
1: I, well, you know, that, that's that guilt crap. You know, people that always want to throw guilt on you for feeling a certain way. We talked about that um, on that episode of Black Law, the I am anxiety episode. Uh, you know, it, that doesn't help. You know, here, here's here's some advice, people. If you have someone you work with or in your family or you're close to, and you know they struggle or they have a problem or they complain, don't look at them and say, "Oh, it could be worse." Because, like I always say, the crackhead in the alley, it could be worse for him too. Yeah, he could be dying of AIDS. You, you know what I'm saying? It it For everyone, it could be worse. That's not helping. So, you know, yeah. I can't. That's one
0: of my pet peeves. Man, I, I hate that shit, too. And on top of that, not being a morning person is like when she's saying that I want to like physically react. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> that's that's kind of how we we came up is we, we didn't sit down and ha- have conversations with people and explain shit. It's like you say something we don't like you get punched in the head and everyone goes about their day. But uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, work is a place I dread. I dread traveling. I hate uh, I've only flown flown uh, flown. Is it flown? Yeah, flew flown flew. Fuck, man. Flew on. I've only traveled on an airplane, you know, a handful of times in my life. Uh, used to do road trips everywhere because uh, a lot of the same things, you know, anxiety and then control issues and people love to tell you well you know more people die in car accidents uh every every year than plane accidents i love to point out that more people walk away from car accidents too than plane accidents so i'd rather take my chances on the road motherfucker but yeah traveling man and i hate I, that. I shit. still haven't gone on a plane no way jose
1: it's i had one call on an airplane to get a uh fbi agent who was shot in florida and they called our station, the ambulance from our station to pick him up when he got to the airport mm-hmm. um, at National. Mm-hmm. So we got there and this is the first time I'd ever set foot on a plane. It was a big plane too. I got claustrophobic and there and start tripping like I was getting ready to take off. And all we were doing was getting the guy off the plane to take him to the hospital. I could not get out of that tube. It felt like I was in a pipe. Yeah. I could not get out of that tube soon enough. I could not stand it. And all I was doing was just sitting in a a, pl- a grounded plane, putting a guy on a, on a, uh, a a cot to take him to the hospital.
0: Man, you know, it's actually not much different than a bus. It's it's smaller and more confined. But yeah, that, that's essentially what it feels like. Claustro- claustrophobic. And I, I don't like it, man. I don't like it. And much like you said with the Nationals games, I don't do any of that either. I don't do like the concerts. I don't do shows. I don't do meetups like being in podcasting. There's a, a huge, there is a huge community of podcasters. A lot of them, great people. A lot of them I interact with uh, daily on Twitter and other social media. They do uh, meetups, networking events, stuff like that. And I'm like, man, fuck that. And nothing against y'all, but fuck that. I don't want to be in a room with a bunch of people. Yeah, I'm cool with online but I don't intimately know each and every one of them. That's that's one thing. And then I see these videos from these events and I don't like loud music, right? And that, that's kind of crazy because I'm a, a musician, so to speak, and I deal with music a lot, but I hate loud music in public environments. So people keep on inviting me to these networking events and I'm like, nah, And then, you know, there's always a couple of people or that one person that'll tell you, oh, it's not like that. Or, oh, you know, I'll make sure you're comfortable there. You can't make sure that I'm comfortable there because you would have to be me to know what makes me comfortable. And if there's more than one or two people around, I'm uncomfortable. So are you going to kick everyone else out? (laughs) If you went and that person that
1: said, I'll help make sure you're comfortable. The only way that's going to turn out is when you say back in the day or when you go to a friend of a friend's house or they have a function, you know, your friend's friends have a gathering. and They bring you mm-hmm. and then you go there and then within three minutes, your friend is engaging with all their friends and you just standing there looking dumb, pretending like you're looking at something on your phone for three hours and acting like, you know, it's an emergency. But yeah, you're still standing there all by yourself. That's how it will turn out more than like, Yeah, exactly. I could
0: assume exactly, man. And I've I've been in that position multiple times. I hate it, like going to Becky's uh her um company functions or whatever. Right? I am literally like her shadow the whole time. I'm just following her around, not saying nothing to anybody. She'll introduce me, still not saying anything to anybody other than, "Hey, how you doing? I'm Dan. I do this, that, and the other." And then people want to do the small talk. So, hey, what do you think about the Saints this year? Fuck the Saints, man. What makes you think I'm a Saints fan? I don't like this. Well, I don't have anything against the Saints, but I don't follow them like people down here do. Hey, so what do you think about the LSU Tigers game? I've never seen LSU play a day of my life. So, you know, like all that small talk stuff. And then don't let her like see a group of people, just like you said, a group of people that she knows. And they will say, hey, Becky, come over here real quick. And I just be sitting there like I was sitting there at this table with a whole bunch of random people that look like me as far as like they didn't want to be here. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is probably the right table. So then what I would do is like I used to be a smoker, used to smoke cigarettes. I will go out to the smoking spot because at every one of these functions outside somewhere, there's a group of smokers. And I think a lot of them are there for the same reason, to get away from whatever the hell is going on inside. This one particular um, function she had. They had multiple live bands. It was in a uh, at a country club. Damn. So there was multiple live bands on each floor, each room, and they were playing so loudly that you can't hear anybody. And then you're being introduced to people as well. Like, Hey, this is Dan. Hey, this is Dan. I can't hear what any of these people are saying. So I'm looking like Manny Pacquiao being asked about damn financial literacy or something. I'm just smiling and going, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> man. Like, man, get, get me the fuck out of here, man. I hate that, man. I, I really hate that shit. And it puts me in a bad mood, man. And the first thing I do is I you, I don't know if you do the same thing, you start looking around the room for somebody that you might have to fuck up by the end of the night. Yeah. Yeah,
1: man. That's a good way to pass your time. And you 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 have your plan of attack, your fallback plan. Um, You know, I know what that's all about. I do that in mass sometimes. I'm like, I wonder if I can wonder if I can <laughs> whoop his ass man, if it ever came down to it up in this church. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not, I can't lie. But to think that the th- one thing that's great about my wife, you know, I love my wife to death. And she knows that don't ask Paul to go somewhere that he don't want to go because he's probably not going to go. Yeah. But, you know, that don't mean that I don't go everywhere. It's just, you know, it's not a it's not seen as an offense. Right. Because there's a legitimate reason. It's not because I'm just some douchebag who doesn't want to go anywhere because I want to lay around and and play video games or, or, I don't know, do some dumb shit by myself all day. It's a legitimate reason. Yeah, it's, it's a physical reaction at times when I'm in some, you know, certain environments.
0: Right. And, that, and that's the thing, too. Again, we spoke about this before, but for all you people out here who say, oh, you just need to face your fears. You just need to face your fears. That's going to get somebody hurt one day. And, you know, it, it might even be me in, in, in this scenario. Facing my fears is placing me in mentally and physically in a life or death situation, because that's how anxiety works. Fight or flight. You want you know, to. These make- people that say
1: that they, th- these people that say that though, if you told them to face their biggest fear, then they wouldn't do it. i tell them all the time. You know, uh, people would say that when I was in the fire department or why are you anxious? You, you know, don't, don't be worried. You got to fight. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, Don't be scared. You got to fight your fears. And I'm like, well, okay, well, next time I have a, f- next time we get a house fire, won't you go run your ass in there then? Yeah. Okay, you ain't going to do that? Are you Are you scared? Okay, well, don't tell me. Yeah, You know,
0: it's just, people are so foolish. People are full of it, man. Yeah, and here's another way to respond to that, too. Hey, are you scared of being fucked in your ass? Uh, <laughs> Well, I never really thought about it, but... Like, okay, well, prison rape, that, that's some scary shit. Why don't you face that shit, motherfucker? <laughs> you scared to go to jail? <laughs> yeah. Well, face your fears. Go get yourself locked yeah, up. Yeah, exactly, man. So, um... Wh- we kind of covered a little bit as far as the the places that we refuse to go, but uh again, like if you have a top three, what, what's your top three? I refuse under no circumstances will I step foot in or around any of these places um I won't go to
1: someone else's um let me say family gathering um if it's just if it's only me and my wife or me and my my child, I'm surrounded by 20, 30 other people. I'm not going. Second, um, I'm not going to a concert. Here's the thing. Anyone that knows me knows that I drive them crazy because I've been listening to go-go since I was a kid, and I still listen to go-go as a 36-year-old man, the same old go-go tapes from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I play it loudly. However, even in my day when I would listen to Groovers and you know go to the store to buy the newest tape every week, I refuse to go to the go-go. I remember early on, back when we lived, when I, you know, on the south side of Alexandria, somebody that lived down the hall from us got killed after the go go. I remember an, uh, an acquaintance or an associate of my brother got killed at a go go on Halloween. Um, in a mad rush trying to get out of the door, got stabbed in the leg and killed. You know, countless friends getting assaulted, jumped, uh, people that I know getting shot and killed after the show. So as much as I love go go, I knew as a kid that it's just not worth going, nah, because. You know, you stand up, you're looking for trouble, and then if you if you're vigilant, and somebody else sees you there, and then they're looking for trouble, and they automatically assume that you want trouble, yeah, and then it just spirals out of control. And, and um, for the- that, and probably the third is like a, a bar or something. I don't.
0: I would never set foot in a bar, even if I did drink. I just couldn't do that. Man, to to kind of clarify for some of our uh, listeners, go go is a regional regional music made in D.C. So. Bunch of percussion instruments, but uh, man, I I went to two go go's. I think you you went to one. You went with- to the ice box, right? Nah, I went to the black hole. But uh, oh shit, you went to one with me. You remember? I don't think I went with you. Yeah, I know we were looking for the black hole that one night. No, the, but this time we snuck out of school because we weren't allowed to go see EU play, and we snuck out and walked to um Episcopal. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember that. And, and and that day Groove was uh was supposed to play at GW Field, but the sound the equipment was messed up, and they end up not being able to play. Yeah, man.
0: But yeah, that at the I, I've been to two clubs in my life, like on my 18th birthday, we had this club back in DC. It was called DC Live. It was one of the few clubs where it was 18 and up. So, you know, all of my friends, everyone in the neighborhood, they're all like, yeah, man, the club, this, the club, that I I was the younger one. So, you know, I couldn't go. Finally, when I was able to go, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to the club, man. I'm going to the club. Everybody be talking about the club. I get up in there and it's just a whole bunch of niggas crammed into a small area. People walking around with drinks and shit. Uh, You can't hear anybody. You can't hear anything other than loud ass thumping bass and music. And I'm like, this is the club? And you can't read people. See, people, people like us, people that suffer from anxiety, we have an innate ability to read a room, read people without even talking to them. We can read their body language. We can... The, within a couple of minutes, we can have you figured out and
1: we'll scan the room like
0: Terminator. Yeah, exactly. But once you throw loud bass into it, like bass that you feel deep in your organs (laughs) and loud music to where you can't (laughs) hear, you're kind of disoriented and you can't read the room anymore because now it's like it, it, it it breaks your concentration. So I couldn't tell who was who, what what was what I was trying to get the hell out of there. And luckily the people I went with, they were like, okay, yeah, let, let, let's let go because he kind of tripping. He's just standing in the corner, man, and people looking at us funny. So, yeah, that had to get the fuck up out of there, man. So, yeah. I'm- if, you, if you post up on the wall, people
1: are going to look at you and think that you looking for trouble. You know, they'll assume, what, what's, what's wrong with that nigga? Or what's he getting ready to do? Yeah. And in that environment when everybody's already aggressive, you mix alcohol and, you know, you, you high, you drunk. You got a go-go plan that makes you aggressive. I mean, look, all you got to know is there's a song called Fight back in the day, and they just scream, fight. Yeah, So it's a dangerous situation that can easily get out of hand, which is why Go-Go's now, I think to this day, still aren't allowed in D.C. city limits. They had to push them out of the city because of the the violence that surrounded it. So Damn. it just wasn't worth it for me coming up. I didn't even know that,
0: man. But yeah, it, it's absolutely not, man. And as far as reading the room, too, here's a tip for some of you guys out here. The loudest, most boisterous person in the room, the person that's running their mouth, the one that's talking the most shit. That's not the person you have to worry about that. That actually, as far as a list of people you have to worry about goes, the person running their mouth is he's at the bottom of the list. You don't have to worry about him or her because people. That's one thing I've learned, too, over the years. People like to overcompensate. For their shortcomings by being loud, by being aggressive, by being boisterous, by being just just uh, as Paul said earlier, being diagnosed as assholes. And though they do get a lot of attention and a lot of people do do kind of they get worried about these people, they're not the people you have to worry about. The people you have to worry about are the people that are withdrawn, the people that are by themselves, the people that are unfazed by anything that's going on. The people that are staring off into space, those are the people you have to worry about. However, most of the time, as long as you don't do nothing to them, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, that's true. A lot of issues. But see, I I
1: brought up um, when one of my brother's associates, he was well known in the city um, when he had got killed after the go-go. You know, sometimes when there's commotion going on, it's a mad rush for the door, especially when there's fights going on. And in that mad rush going in or coming out or even during the middle of the, you know, uh, the, a hype song that's when the conflicts happen because people but uh, you know bumping into each other uh you know people were irritated they they already been there for a while and that's when it gets dangerous and that's you know a lot of the times those fights and murders happen in the parking lot, and you know I just always felt it is not my place you know i I can enjoy go go like I do now like I always have um Privately or in my own car, because I'm sorry, I know my personality, Dan, you know, your personality. We are just not cut out for that environment because we would
0: probably end up
1: killing someone or getting killed
0: ourselves. Exactly. I got something I can compare to you going to the go go, which is me and sports, sporting events like I, I, I used to love football. We used to get offered box seats to both the Hornets when they were here. Now the Pelicans Saints games, all kinds of stuff and i would turn it down uh like nah no thanks nah i i'm good because i look at it like this if you have a crowd of let's just say what average stadium capacity is about what 20,000 maybe superdome that's
1: probably about 70 or 80,000 minimum jesus and um yeah and the basketball stadiums usually about 15,000 damn yeah man risk at one point fedex field held 110,000
0: fans man that's see and when you think about that the the sheer numbers of people right Imagine how many if you're around 100,000 people, imagine how many people are murderers, how many people are rapists, how many people are are pedophiles, how many people are there looking for somebody else to rob? How many people are fugitives from the law? There's every bad type of person you can think of. There's at least one of them in there statistically. Yeah. I mean, more than one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
1: you know, it's. A hell of a lot. And it's also statistically likely that one of those people is like is going to be murdered at some point. If you, yeah, you know, you if you look at the murder rates and how they figure those out and it's just, you know, once again, you mix alcohol. Uh, I, I used to go to Redskins games all the time and that's one of the worst. It's been rated as one of the worst fields, one of the worst stadiums in all the sports for fan experience because it's always fights in the stands. One game they had to tear gas the stands. You know, it's always something it's almost on. it's getting to the point where it's similar to the attitudes that they have in Oakland. Well, like they had in L.A., I'm sorry. Um, not quite at Philadelphia Eagles level yet, <laughs> but it, it's
0: it's it's pretty jacked up inside that stadium, man, and, and inside those seats. Yeah. And that that again, I'd be one of my biggest fears. Well, not one of my biggest fears, but one of my fears would be now, as many of you know, Paul and I are trained fighters, right? And typically we could handle ourselves if we ever got into a scuffle or something like that. But being in stadium seating and throwing punches, I'd be afraid that I'm getting my ass beat on the Jumbotron, man. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> man like, hey, man, ain't that, that nigga to say he knew how to fight? <laughs> that nigga was lying like shit. Hey. <laughs> <Right? laughs>
1: <laughs> you know they, they, can you imagine how inappropriate that would be for the stadium dudes to to put you on a jumbotron and then they give him play-by-play the <laughs> oh,
0: blow-by-blow analysis like, hey marv it looks like he blocked the first punch with his face the second one <laughs> like, <laughs> damn man you're getting fucked up up there man oh um, i think he's
1: trying to block that guy's foot with his balls
0: <laughs> man I, I hate that <laughs> shit and then people start throwing beer man that's the worst thing you could do to somebody is Throw some kind of beverage on him, man. Like when we was at uh, McDonald's and I threw that milkshake at dude. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Outside the skate. <laughs> yeah, lake, right? man. Like, man, that's the worst thing. That's that's up there with spitting on people, man. But social interaction.
1: You know, spitting on people, throwing a drink at somebody and slapping people. My favorite thing is slapping people. Yeah. I don't slap. You know, I, I didn't like to slap people to hurt them. I, I like to slap them to tell them I slapped shit out you and you can't do nothing about yeah. it.
0: So, so social interaction um how many in- interactions do you have daily with adults cuz I know you got a shitload of kids so that's why I specified with adults well,
1: counting my wife 1 2 just two
0: two damn I'm I got Becky uh and and uh I mean daily that's it other than coworkers and they don't count because I kind of have to be around them so yeah, I'm I'm sitting at about the same too. Uh Becky and Ann, that's it. Well, and you, but I mean, that's not really in person or whatever. I mean, if I want to count people that I actively avoid, like when I go to the
1: gym, I'd be like, Oh shit, it is here he come. <laughs> and I'm, you know, trying to get lost. I mean I can take that tally up to eight or nine, but right. I spend most of that time trying
0: to get away. Yeah, man, yeah. I do that too, man. So why do you think it is that you only interact with two people daily on average
1: man dan i think it's from as you, the older you get uh, you know I when you're young you want to have a lot of friends with you all the time you know we all oh, we roll deep you know we go out to the mall seven deep and then you start to realize over the years that you start getting in trouble with these knuckleheads and then after a while your circle diminishes and then you also grow up and realize that man i'm not doing the same stuff these people doing right and you kind of realize that the people that it's not about quantity it's about quality and the people that you keep close are the people who have the greatest impact, positive impact on you and your life, and don't cause you much negative uh, emotions or negative feelings or problems. And I think that's a big reason why we just kind of learn that it's you know get rid of toxic people right. and keep those close to you who have
0: shown that they deserve to be there, man. So I'm a, I'm gonna agree with that, and I'm also gonna say. Being a person who is um who practices social avoidance and whatever, it is extremely hard for me to make new friends, new acquaintances. In fact, I want to say Anne is probably the last new friend that I've made. And when I say friend, I mean somebody that I interact with very, you know, like almost daily or whatever, who isn't family or who isn't somebody that I'm in a relationship with. Um and We've known each other for like 10 plus years now. So my newest close friend, I guess you could say, that relationship is over 10 years old. So I don't make friends easily. Everybody that, like Paul said, we grew up with that we used to run with in our little click circle crew or whatever. You start to notice that a lot of these people are, you start to, uh, I want to say this the right way. You start to witness who these people truly are. And we, we, we have mutual friends that we grew up with and ran with that at the time we were cool, but you start to notice that we have one friend in particular. I'll use him as an example. Every girlfriend he had, he would beat the fuck out of her, like for no reason, just because he could. So he was a woman beater. One, one particular time he made her strip ass naked in an apartment full of a whole bunch of dudes, like dudes from the neighborhood and walk around showing showing her body off to um to the dudes in the neighborhood and getting the dudes to touch her inappropriately and stuff like that man and after that day well he also he also beat up his mother too so
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was about to say how could it get any worse than what you've already said but there it goes right there i'm uh i'm gonna just leave it at that because you know there were people that I used to hang around that I thought I knew very well. And then you you, 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 you kind of sitting with them or chilling with them. And then they just start sniffing Coke. And I'm looking at him like, I know this motherfucker. I know he's not sniffing Coke right now. <laughs> and when I'm sorry, man. Like, I know that's common for people nowadays to see people sniffing Coke. We came from a generation where if you did anything related to cocaine besides sell it, you was a dumb. You was dumb. I mean, I- I'm going to use an ice cube line from the NWA song. If you smoke cane, you a stupid motherfucker. <laughs> That's how we grew up. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm seeing people. I'm like, this dude sniffing coke. I can't look at you the same ever again. Nah. if I, that, To me, that's almost like you shooting heroin or 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 bass. You, you know, you smoking bass. You shooting heroin. You smoking crack. I mean, what's, what's the difference? <laughs> Not much. Now, I, I mean, I know the difference, obviously. But to me, you can't have people like that around you. That's totally reckless. And you can't have that around, especially when you got
0: kids yeah. or you're a grown up. No. Yeah, exactly, man. And again, in the adulthood, being awkward in social social situations, you have that aspect, too. So, um, like, when you when you look back, right, what are some things that stick out that we we saw growing up or things we did growing up? And we you use those thoughts and memories to say, you know what, this is why I don't go nowhere it's because of people like us. We used to hunt
1: people down. We had issues with people. We didn't do that fighting at school mess. We would hunt you down. And the thing that me and Dan would always do is we would always find anyone we wanted. But we took a greater uh, liking to finding them at a social setting when they thought they were just going out to have fun. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this nigga think he about to go out here and have some fun, talk to some girls and we're going to run up on him. You know,
0: <laughs> some of the things I can think of is we we were old deep. Like to malls and stuff and we would find people, just random people to beat up for no reason uh, just because we don't like the way they look we don't like the way they looked at us uh, some of the people that we were with they they had a habit of robbing people and taking stuff that didn't belong to them uh, <laughs> we, we used to have people that sold drugs and one of our real close friends and he's still a good friend to this day he was one of those people that Had beef with lots of people outside of our neighborhood, though. And we didn't know all of these people. These people were like invisible faces to us. We had some names like it's like we all we had beef with people just by being friends with this person. But we didn't know who any of these people were. So at any point, someone could have ran up on us and we don't know what's going on. Like, hold on. what, 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 What the fuck? So. I look back at a lot of the stuff that we did and I'm like, as a grown ass man, and especially the way these kids are today, I don't want to kill nobody's child. I really don't. And I, I just don't I, I don't want to kill anybody's child.
1: Well, I don't have a problem with that. If that's their kid and their kid asking for it, I don't want to I don't want to go to jail for somebody's child. That's that's what I'll say. That
0: too.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm not about to go to jail for this claim. Yeah,
0: that too, man. And then I'm sure you've been in this situation when you're out with your woman whether it be your wife or whether it be even, you know, before you met your wife, you know, niggas are always tough when they're in a group and you could be out with your woman trying to have a good time, trying to go on a date, trying to go to the movie, trying to get something to eat. And it's a group, at least us growing up before social media, there's always a group of niggas somewhere that as soon as they see you walking with your woman, they try to embarrass you in front of your woman. Like, like that's the tough thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to let you talk more shit than I typically would if I'm by myself and you're with six or seven people and I'm with my woman because let's be honest, it's very unlikely that I'll be able to protect my woman if things go wrong against six or seven people. That's, that's just unlikely. So, yeah, it's like situations like that. And I still run that shit in my head, too. Like if we go out somewhere like out to eat and it's a group of niggas out there and I don't even know if niggas do that. People do this these days, but. I'm always cautious about a group of niggas. I'm like one of them racist white people that clutch their purse and shit. I'm like, man, what the fuck are these niggas looking at, man? Because
1: we know how people roll. You know, it's not it's not unreasonable. We know how people are. People are troublemakers. You can kind of tell by looking at your surroundings. We spoke we spoke a minute ago about surveying the room and surveying reading people. You can tell if people are going to cause some trouble before you even get up close to them or not. And that comes with experience, and we have that experience, which is also what keeps us from, you know, being as social as
0: others our age may be. Yeah, exactly, man. And um, what, what are some things that you saw maybe, um, you know, your time as a firefighter, EMS, where, you know, you, maybe you ended up in some places that you wouldn't have imagined w- whatever happened happening at this place?
1: Oh, man, it was all the time, you know, whether it be stabbings, shootings, rapes, assaults, you know, strange accidents, deadly situations. I remember once down, um, down the highway, that's what we call Route 1 back home, we ran a call, a woman had got raped. And we thought, assuming it was at the a house or a club, it was at a little carryout restaurant. Do you remember that place called Strictly to Go back yeah, in the day? Yeah, yeah. That had the subs. It was in that shopping center down the highway. And it was a little bar next to it. And some woman gotten had gotten raped. In that bar. And it was only like five in the afternoon. Damn. It was a nice sunny day. So, you know, you see some strange, you know, unlikely things. I remember uh, these two uh, women, they were together. They were partners. And one of them, um, I don't know if you guys know what a garden apartment looks like, is when you have the the main hallway and it's about three floors and they have balconies. And there's usually a window on the second level. <laughs> this lady threw her girlfriend, and she was a big woman, out of that second floor window. Damn! So- you know, when we got there, she said, "My girl threw me out the window." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, damn, what you do?" Um, yeah, so I saw uh, somebody. You know, belligerent people. We ran a call one of those motels on uh, Richmond Highway, Route One. It was a, it was 6:45 a.m. on like a Tuesday, and this dude got stabbed in the back early in the morning and was still talking shit to us when we picked him up. Damn, I'm like, dude, you got stabbed once already. You want not get hurt again because we would we we would defend ourselves in the fire department. Um, so I'm just saying that because to kind of show you how unlikely situations things happen. Right. When things happen, people always say, "I can't believe that happened here." Um, I mean, you know, you, you would see strange things. I saw a lady that a homeless woman we used to run all the time up and down Route One. She decided she wanted to kill herself. So when a a, a Fairfax Connector bus was picking up passengers before it started driving off she laid her head down under the tire and it spit her brain out like a grapeseed on the hot, on the hot, on route one, man. So, I mean, you know, that stuff to meet with my issue, it doesn't just go to violence. It also goes to the potential for death. Um, You know, when I see motorcyclists speeding down the street, I've run some ugly calls of that. So, um, you know, it, it's a lot of things that, that kind of, uh, you know, get to me or, well, I, I, I struggle with, being around and because I know I've seen something
0: like this at this place or that place and it could happen again. Yeah, man, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, it's always worst case scenario, and uh, it's like I, I'd rather preserve my safety and the safety of those around me to um than to put myself in these positions. And ladies and gentlemen, we're being joined by the Afro Becky. Afro Becky, 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 Becky. Becky, Becky, Becky. What up, girl?
2: Hey.
0: So uh Paul and I were discussing why we don't go out. Then we kind of went into a story about chasing uh Jay well, us and Jay Holiday chasing Will Catlett and his boy. That was that was a whole thing. <laughs> uh huh. You know, nobody would believe that story if they <laughs> Yo, man, that's why I always say, too, like, when I be when I post these stories online, there's a ton of them. I, I got to send you the link. I always ask for verification after the stories are posted, but the verification has to be random and no one expecting it because some of, some of that shit is just strange, man. Like, we've been in some strange-ass situations. Yeah. So, uh, Becky, so we're discussing why we don't go out, why we don't go anywhere, why we prefer to keep... Very strict routines and what have you, right? Coming from from your points of view, I mean, you've seen me in uncomfortable situations in social situations. What I want you to do is kind of explain what you see when you see me in a social situation. What do you see? A mess. <laughs> I mean <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a mess. I try not mess. to laugh. I
1: laugh, I try not to laugh. You look like a mess <laughs> over there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you um I've seen you look nervous and sweaty in those situations. I've seen you like excuse yourself several times from the situation so you avoid it. And at the time you smoked. So you would use that as an excuse to excuse yourself from the the situation or the room. And I've seen you have a panic attack.
0: You've probably seen many of those.
2: Yeah. But, you know, in a social situation, I have and You've
0: probably seen many of those, too.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I see you use avoidance, uh, try to do it in a casual way as possible. But, yeah, it's just kind of a mess. <laughs> like oh, I said, back to a mess. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, do you remember when we were in Charlotte and we went out to take pictures with Paul and his wife?
2: So, yes. Some. Yeah.
0: So how would you describe uh Paul's behavior that day
2: I can't say that I remember anything abnormal (laughs) from that experience
0: Hmm. you don't remember anything abnormal huh
2: no um should should I have seen something abnormal
0: yeah I tried to force Dan to eat
1: that uh fried fish from the Mexican restaurant
0: yeah and then after that when we went to take pictures it was like yeah man uh we're gonna go take pictures and next thing you know you look around you're like damn where Pico he was just out there with his wife when we went to see the yeah, head. I don't even remember that. You don't remember Mind Oh, yeah, that's stupid. Why do you want to go there, man? That
2: thing <laughs> was dumb.
0: It looks slick on the internet.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that, that. It, to me, that didn't seem like him like avoiding anything. He just didn't care to do it.
0: Yeah, but he was gone.
2: <laughs> so? Like,
0: where the fuck P go?
1: No, I can't front. That mind head thing was irritating me because I thought it was going to be a bunch of people there. I, the city was still new to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, it's going to be one of them stupid places where it's all these dumb people jogging and, and looking dumb. And I got to sit around all these asshole yuppies. See, stuff I really do be thinking like that, like stupid, dumb sh- people, shit, <laughs> ass. I would man. be
0: mad. So you- I <laughs> I didn't want to go there. Man, you're a lot like me in, in this. Well, we're a lot like each other in this aspect. When you see somebody out in public, right? Somebody that looks like they're happy and looks like they're having fun. Does that irritate you? Yeah, like, what the hell? He's smiling at. I'm having a bad day, so they shouldn't be smiling. Yeah, exactly. I look at people who have fun and it pisses me off because I know that, all right, on the surface, it's like, man, fuck y'all motherfuckers having all that fun and shit. But deep having down. fun, motherfuckers. Yeah, I I want to have fun deep down, but I'm not even sure I know what fun is because my idea of fun, I I don't think is a normal person's idea of fun. Like my idea of fun is me and Paul punching each other in the face over and over again, him breaking my nose, me breaking his jaw. That was fun. But well, I will say this, though. You got I've learned a
1: long time ago that if you keep on trying to tailor what you consider fun towards what other people would. Accept as fun. You're never going to have fun. I've just accepted the fact that I can't go anywhere without finding somebody to join. on. I have to make fun of people. I just can't help it. I don't care if people don't like it. You got to do what you want to do. And even if it's not acceptable, as long as you don't go to jail, I mean, you're not going to do nothing mean spirited. You know what I'm saying? We're not assholes. Yeah, we are. I mean, but
0: not that bad, you know? I mean, we may not... <laughs> we're, we're not gaping assholes, but, you know.
1: Well, I do remember that time, though. Was that you or 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 uh, Jay that uh, punched the principal's son in the eye? Nah, that was me. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you're not an asshole?
1: <laughs> man, you talking about Rosenthal's son. Yeah, this boy was probably like seven. And punched him right in his eye.
0: I'm hey, like, Damn, man, you he punched that boy in the eye. Hey, man, I ain't the one that threw him in the trash can, though. So, uh, Becky, why we got you, right? All right. So there's one there's one particular incident, uh, not incident. See, to me, they're incidents, but to other people, they're events and gatherings. So when we went to your brother, he had a wedding reception, right? Now, take me through what what goes on in your head leading up to the wedding reception. So you knew that there were going to be people there. You knew that there were going to be. People that you knew or maybe knew in passing or were familiar with there and there was going to be nobody that I knew there. So take take me through like some of some of your thoughts in knowing that I was coming with you.
2: Um, well, I had some concerns because I had never been to the location before. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if there was going to be a bathroom around, you know, a convenient place for a bathroom. Um I didn't know if um the place was going to be closed in or big. I didn't know exactly how many people were going to be there. Um and there were I knew that there were going to be people that I didn't know, but I knew that my parents were there and I um kind of asked my parents to kind of keep an eye on you a little bit too. Um
0: <laughs> Baby, babysit this well, nigga right well, here.
2: Just because <laughs> you didn't know anybody else, so I knew that you knew who my parents were. Mm-hmm. So you know, I tried to you know get some support.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, for the for for the event.
0: Man, all I could remember was now I'm a I'm a kick kick it to you from my view is I remember playing Tetris for a long time, and Paul mentioned this earlier how. When you go somewhere with somebody and they disappear and you're standing by yourself looking stupid, you're always looking at your phone or acting like you got something important going on on your phone. So I was playing Tetris for like two hours and then the music. And then once the music got real loud and I couldn't read the room anymore, it was like like I, I had to get out of there. So I kept leaving and then kept coming back, kept leaving then kept coming back. And then I had a full blown panic attack because the music was so loud. I couldn't hear and people were trying to talk to me and I don't like to look at people when they're talking or when I talk to people. If I'm looking at you like directly in your face, you should be scared. So I don't what when's the last time that I've actually looked at you like right now? My head is facing you, but my eyes are looking off to the side. When can you remember having a conversation with me when I'm looking you dead in your face?
2: When you're pissed at me.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like you should be scared. But that uh, that goes for you, too. You should be scared. Um. But I remember people talking and I can't hear them. So I have to look at them to try to make out what they're saying. And it was just like I, I went into shock. So anyway, there was one instance where the music stopped. Now, P, I want you to tell me how you would feel in this position too. the music stops. Right. And someone announces on the the PA system. Can everyone come in for a prayer? Now, P, at, at this point, what, what what are you
1: doing? Uh, I'm like, man, for what, man? Like, <laughs> well, I don't know them, so I ain't going in there. And then, then I'll be worrying, like, all right, whatever, I guess I got to go in there. I hope I ain't got to hold nobody' hands, or oh man, I hope this ain't one of them prayers where they are gonna pray for thirty minutes saying, Lord God, Lord God, every two seconds. Damn, Damn. what if I get, what if I get lightheaded because I've been standing too long? Oh, what I? if? So that, I'd that's probably i probably just got went to the bathroom or something.
0: Now that, and that's pretty much my thought process. And so I walk over to go pray thinking a lot of the same things. And as soon as everyone got in close to pray, the DJ just blasts loud music, like, like all the way up volume, all the way up and yelling for everyone to dance. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I got hostile as fuck. Like inside, I like immediately just turned around and walked away. Like stupid motherfuckers. Yeah. He should be fired on the spot (laughs) or get his ass beat. That's what I wanted to do. Like, man, that's a fuck, man. So I ended up leaving that. That Like, I stayed for a little while, but I left. But another social situation was a family reunion. I went to Becky's family reunion, and I did a lot better there. Probably well,
2: to- I think you did better because, one, it was outside. Like, most of the – I mean, there really wasn't um a dedicated, like, program or anything or, you know, schedule of events. But, you know, it was more casual – even though you didn't know anybody, you know, people weren't all trying to talk to you that much.
0: Yeah, I found the people that nobody else knew, too. Like, people will bring their plus ones and boyfriends and girls. That's who I found. And then, on top of that, it was like, man, it's cool because a lot of them was country-ass niggas, man. Like, y'all country motherfuckers in North Carolina. I like country niggas sometimes. So, anyway, uh, we thank you for your service, Afro Becky. Anything else you would like to add? To the people of A Few Screws Loose, the podcast?
2: I think I'm done.
0: Okay. Where, where can they find you, Afro Becky?
2: They shouldn't be looking for me.
0: There
1: you have it. <laughs> That's a good answer, actually. Because I don't know what to say oftentimes.
0: I don't know. Where can you find me? <laughs> that'll, That's a good answer, Becky. That'll do it. fuck you looking for me for, man? To wrap up the show, the last question is, how have we both been able to avoid doing necessary things to survival and still survive. Now, that question seems kind of weird. So what I'll do is I'll just throw out there, like going to the grocery store. I don't go to the grocery store. I need groceries. I need food. Somehow I gotta get groceries and food. So peace. I love grocery shopping. I go
1: every day. I go every single day. I see, here's the thing though. I came up grocery shopping every day. My granddad, I used to look love going to the store my granddad growing up. Um, and I always would like going to the grocery store. So I I love it. You know, I go Pretty much I go grocery shopping every day. That's what a lot of Europeans and Italians do. And apparently my granddad did the same thing and it rubbed off on me. So I don't have any problem doing that. Um, The Internet has helped me greatly because now I don't have to go stand in line to the DMV like I used to anymore. But I guess to kind of sum it up, I don't do anything. If I don't want to do it, my life is so simplistic now that unless it's something with my kids, I don't have to do anything in terms of social stuff. So I just kind of streamlined it way down. And it's unless I really wanted to do something, I don't have to do it,
0: man. There, there's a few things that for me, at least, are, are necessary to be done, such as like the grocery shopping. I used to go grocery shopping before I got fat and gained like 40 pounds from depression. Um, Now, Becky does that. I used to have to go to the stores to go buy shit. But like P said, the Internet, man, Amazon, man, I'm one of their biggest customers, probably. Shit! I done bought yeah, all the boxes sure we talked about last week. Um, yeah,
1: all the boxes.
0: <laughs> give me all them boxes. Yeah. So, but there are there are a few things like trying. I'm trying to think of a, a, another one, but I, I I guess I can't really they,
1: buying clothes, grocery shopping, going. Yeah. I mean, not grocery shopping, going to the mall, going to Walmart. Oh, that's what I hate. Goddamn Walmart. Fuck Walmart. Man, growing up in Alexandria, we ain't had no Walmart, and we still don't. The Walmart was in Fairfax. And now living in the South, I have to go to Walmart a lot.
0: And man, I'm trying to tell you, I hate Walmart. What you hate more? I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You hate you. What you hate more? The country niggas at Walmart or the Walmart? You know, the people at Walmart ain't much different than they are back then. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> not a
1: certain. a lot. certain breed. <laughs> I, I know. That's the problem. It's not really much difference in the type of people that go. You know, we all seen the funny pictures of people online at Walmart. And that's true, man. You see it. I just hate Walmart. Driving that shopping cart, I felt like I was playing Rad Racer, man. trying to get around people. You know, it's just I hate it. Yeah, I hate it.
0: I I've, I used to love it, but now I've grown to hate it. I hate the people more than the actual store, though. And is is I can't stand Walmart shoppers, man. They piss me off, man. They they make me want to hurt them. I can't stand the employees who act like they have to show you that they don't want to be there. <laughs> Hi, my name is Dan. I don't want to work here. Like, oh, no shit, Sherlock. No shit. Yeah, man, I guess that, that about wraps it up. I mean, to kind of summarize, this is going to be a hard one to summarize, but I think I can pull it off. We discussed uh, being misanthropist, which is a fancy word for removing yourself from society, so to speak. Uh, we discussed our places of comfort, places we're comfortable going and don't really have any hesitations about going. We discussed places that we didn't necessarily want to go, but sometimes we did. Like P uh, used going to the movies as an example. He don't like going to the movies, but he likes to see the Marvel movies. Man, you need to get you a fire stick. Uh, Man, I don't want to watch it at home. I want to watch it at the movies. Man, fuck that. I hate movies, man. Uh, (laughs) Social interaction. We kind of uh, grazed over social interaction, how we're kind of awkward in it. We really don't interact with very many people on a daily basis. We took a look at, you know, a few things we did like uh chasing down dudes to beat them up and robbing people and uh my boys beating on his girl and making her get naked, which I'm not sure I'm going to leave that in the show or not. I have to sleep on that one. Uh P talked about things he saw in the fire department that made him kind of question things a little further like, "Wait, this could happen here. Who would have known?" And You know, all of it kind of goes to why we don't go anywhere, why we're more comfortable at being homebodies, because a lot of the shit that happens, 90 percent of the shit that happens in the streets doesn't happen at home. So I'm still allowed to talk about it. Yeah, uh, we all had our our vices back growing
1: up and that kind of makes us not trustworthy, because since we had such a large group, we all had a specialty of our own. I was a master thief. I could steal anything, you know, and I've never gotten caught. You know, um, I was also the weed guy, Uh, you know, I always had access to that. But um, but the one thing we all share in common is we like to all fight. And now as a grown up, I'm like, man, I don't want to run into no people like us because I don't want to break somebody's jaw or break somebody's heart because we like Dan said killed their son. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we just kind of summarized, like Dan said, what we avoid, what we don't and why, because, you know, sometimes just telling people. Uh, like we stated earlier, oh, face your fears. You know, that's not always enough. Sometimes you got to give people the why and this and that. And, and um, you know, I mean, if you just listen to what people say, sometimes their why actually makes damn good sense. So instead of you judge them saying, oh, what's wrong with you, you just scared, face your fears,
0: ask them why. And maybe you'll understand why certain things are that way. Absolutely. And just to piggyback off of that, one quick thing is if we do. We don't want to run into people who like to fight or whatever, because we don't want to have to beat them up or kill their sons or something. But we also don't want to be like Cat Williams and get beat up by a seven year old either <laughs> on video. Yeah. <laughs> like, nigga, make a joke about that. <laughs> I, I don't think I can. So anyway, uh, you know, we'll see you guys again. Our schedule is we're looking at the first and the 15th of each month. And kind of bear with us as we kind of uh, grow with this show. You know, uh, by about episode five or six, we'll probably hit our stride. And, you know, it'll, it'll be what it is, man. So bear with us as we grow. We appreciate you listening. If you would like and we would like you to rate us, review, leave us some of them stars and subscribe. You can follow me on IG and Twitter at I am Dan on drugs. And you can find me, P from Charlotte. On Twitter and Instagram at Screws Loose Pod. There you have it.
1: <laughs> Peace out. I can't say that for some reason, man. <laughs> it's just hard to say Screws Loose Few Screws Loose Pod, yeah. That shit hard. I don't know if I should. If I'm not gonna go into the whole story, but we have a story that actually involves two famous people oh, that I'm sure man. many of our I've listeners already, know. I
0: already told that story. It is audio, I posted a clip that we. This hold, hold on, <laughs> I'm, I'm just cutting this part out of the show. But uh, All right. I already posted like. The tail end of that story, I wrote a blog detailing that entire story. And Bama's in D.C. love that story, man. Yeah, feel, feel free to tell that story, Joe. All right, I'm about to go into it. Yeah, we would we would hunt people down. You know, we would have these major
1: issues with people and we wouldn't find them at school. We'd go find them out having fun. And a funny story, it was actually funny. Um, That involves two, you know, celebrities from the D.C. area, from Alexandria, Virginia. You know, pretty well-known celebrities. Uh, one named Jay Holiday—that's what everyone knew him as—and another who's good, good guy, man. Um, he's on the show. Uh, what's that show? Black Love is Black Lightning, and not Black Lightning. Uh, yeah, Will Catlett—we call him Bebe. <laughs> so Bebe was friends with some douchebag that Dan had a problem with. Oh, and,
0: that dude's name you know, was um, that dude's name was shit, Delvin. Yeah. It- he, he, he was a bitch
1: and <laughs> so it was me and dan and my cousin and jay holiday we were in two separate cars and we it was homecoming or something And we went and found this guy and we followed him from the ihop all the way to his house hold on man you leaving out jay holiday you leaving out something very important yeah let me oh well, we let, when we hid and when we hit in the car yeah
0: let me let me fill fill in that little gap right i
1: think you tell that story better than me <laughs>
0: Man, so we we get word. Now this is before cell phones. This is before any kind of electronic communication. Somehow we got word that uh Will Catlett, the homie, and uh Delvin was at the IHOP after see, kind of rolling back, let me rewind, 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 rewind. Homecoming night, my girlfriend at the time, uh we're gonna call her spider bitch, but um she was <laughs> Damn, we got to even go back further. Hold on. Eh. All right. So three, two. All right. So I'm going to rewind that a bit and start at the top. At the top, Paul was skipping class one day and saw Jay Holiday's girlfriend at the time kissing one of Will Catlett's boys. Right. And Paul told everyone. So he was like, it's on when we see him. And we started looking for him. Little did we know that my current girlfriend at the time, <laughs> my current girlfriend at the time, my girlfriend at the time had problems with Delvin's girlfriend. And it was one of those situations where it's like on site, we're gonna fight on site. And I kept getting word from everybody, uh the other girl's terrified. The other girl's terrified of your girlfriend. She don't want to fight. So I remember saying multiple times, do not fight this girl. She don't is gonna her. beat your ass because as Paul It was at the basketball game. Yeah, at the homecoming basketball game. And like Paul and I said, just growing up in boxing, you never want to fight. Just like that video that you posted of that that shithead uh boxer with his kids, man. You never want to fight anybody who does not want to fight. That you will you you will more than likely lose that fight. But kept telling her, I was like, hey, don't fight that girl. She's gonna fuck you up. That bitch ain't going to fuck me up. I'm going to whoop her ass. And if anybody's jumping, I'm going to whoop their ass too. So all right. so at the end of the basketball game, the two like kind of lock eyes and my girl goes running. I didn't put up much of a fight to try to stop her. I was,
1: <laughs> I, look, I looked at you. I said,
0: hey, your girl going over here. He's like, oh, uh, fuck her. Yeah, that's probably exactly what I said. Ah, fuck her. She about to get her ass whooped. And I know you was blown because you wanted to see the fight. But I was like, I ain't going over there. Fuck that. She about to get her ass whooped. Hey, man. And then, like, people kept running up to us. Uh, damn, your girl fight, man. Your girl fighting. Nigga, I know. So somebody dragged her. I don't even remember who dragged her over to me. And I'm like, come on, man. We we got to get you the fuck out of here before the police come. So dragging her out of the front of the school and we see Delvin hugging his girlfriend, like comforting comf- comforting her after she done beat my girlfriend's ass in front of everybody. And I'm like, come on, man. We gone. So as we passed them, she breaks free from my arm and runs back up to the girl and Delvin steps in between them and she does what's only logical and like Hawk spits in the dude's face and then yells out, damn, come beat this nigga's ass. And I'm like, huh? Wait, hold on. You want me to beat his ass because you spit in his face? That, that. So the only mistake he made, I wasn't going to do nothing because I'm like, at that time he would have had my permission to slap my girl and me not do nothing about it. Because you don't spit in nobody's face. But of course. He had to he had to put on a show for the crowd. So what you trying to do? So what you trying. Like man if you would have just kept your mouth closed man. Alright I'm going to see you later. You going to see me. So grab my girl and left. So he probably thought. Hey I look good for the crowd. Like nah nigga. You already got people hunting you down for kissing somebody else girl. Now my girl spit in your face. And I got to fuck you up. So we take uh my girl to our friend's house that lives around the corner from the school. And lo and behold, by the time we walk back, talking about how we going to catch this dude, Delvin, my girl back in in front of the damn school, like, how the fuck you get here? So she jumped a couple of gates or something and beat us back. So anyway, yeah, later on that night, we ended up at the IHOP, rolled up. I'm going to let you take it from the uh, parking lot, P, but we rolled up and we saw Will Catlett's car. And I said, yeah, that's the car. We parked literally right in the parking spot right next to it and P kept saying hey man don't park right there man they're gonna see us when they come out they're gonna see us when they come out like nah man cause I'm gonna start the car and I'm gonna start driving you know as we see him walking out so like within a couple of minutes here they come walking out and like I fumble for the keys and I thought oh, shit man. and then we just reclined the seats all the way back <laughs> I don't think we noticed them coming out fast enough uh-huh. and next thing you know we saw
1: them walking. I was like, oh, shit. Here they come. <laughs> and we, we what are we going to do? I don't know. We just laid the seat back. And it was a very distinctive blue Ford Escort. Nah, that was in the Hyundai. I I thought that was the Escort. Well, the Hyundai was even more distinctive because it was a silver Hyundai wagon. Yeah. So we leaned the seats back. And I remember I couldn't look up because they were parked on the passenger side. <laughs> and I looked up and I could see them out the window. And they were looking into the car. And they just kind of had this weird look on their face like, what the hell them weirdos doing? Look, we always popped up places, and people thought we was strange. And that probably sealed the deal. Yeah. So after that, we left. We, we followed that car.
0: Hold on. Right we quick, got in through, this. man?
1: Oh, you no. Kept, I, uh, <laughs> right got, quick. I got you another kept, story about that chase, too.
0: Yeah, you kept, uh, when we, we reclined the seats all the way back, none of the windows were tinted or anything. So you could look into the car standing there, and they looking at us. And, Young, no bullshit, Joe. We closed our eyes. And <laughs> then we... <laughs> Kept saying, uh, <laughs> hey, man, can they see us? And we were lying to each other like, nah, they can't see us. <laughs> nah, they can't see us, yo. <laughs> but look, so we go on this little chase.
1: We start following them because we didn't know where they were going after that. So I remember you kept following them, like giving them a lot of space. And I'm like, hey, man, you, you're giving them too much space. You might want to get closer. No nah, man, they're going to see us. They ain't already seen us. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and you, then <laughs> you end up g- d- losing them. I said, man, I told you, you're you, you going to lose them. So Jay Holiday was next to us in his car. He had a little silver car. And my cousin was in that car. He's like, oh, we're going to find them. So we ended up assuming where they were going. And we were right. So we so Holl- Jay Holiday was on one street. And we were on the next. And we could see each other because it, it was a grid pattern. We could see each other if we looked down that street. So then when we found them, we both stopped at the end of the street. And we cornered them. It was him and Will. You know, we called Will Bebe. It was him and baby. So we was like, oh, yeah, we got him. And since Jay Holiday was supposed to fight this other guy, we thought he was going to come handle his business. No, nah. we get out the car and then he put his peace sign up and he rolled out. Yeah. Jay Holiday went on vacation. <laughs> he rolled out. And mama said, oh, so, it's holiday time. <laughs> yeah, holiday time. So Dan commences to whoop in this dude's ass and put him in this hold against the car, this choke hold. So I'm like, yeah, I get to jump in. I, I, we look, we didn't jump people growing up. So I always wanted to jump in a fight. I never got to jump in a fight. I've always had to fight my own. I'm getting ready to jump in. Dan says, steal him, steal him, P. So I'm getting ready to steal him, and then Bebe gets in my face. And is like, no, oh, man, don't do that, man. And it wasn't anything hostile. And I like Bebe. I, he was cool. And he was just, you know, don't do this. We gotta stop this black on black violence. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Don't do this. We don't need to do this. And then Dan said, hey, man don't steal baby and i looked at dan and said man i'm not gonna steal him but i don't know what to do yeah. i didn't want to move baby i didn't want to hurt baby was cool
0: man so to what ended funny. up
1: happening was it was funny because i was mad because I, I was frozen and i couldn't do nothing so i just looked at baby and then i just you know let left baby alone dan let go of this douchebag he rolled out um we got back in the car oh, and then we don't left. forget
0: about the invisible knife because uh Oh, yeah. Man. This 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 fool said he got a knife. Yeah. He got a knife. And we all looking at it each was other like... like like it's funny because at that moment, I'm looking at you, you looking at me, baby looking at both of us. We looking at baby like w- w- who got a knife? And then we look Man, up who and got this, a knife? this nigga done took off full speed down the street. Oh, he that's right. He did take off. I <laughs> forgot about that. This dude was an
1: athlete, okay? I, I will give him this. He was fast. Man, by the time we all finished staring at each other, like who got a knife? We looked down. <laughs> that bama was, was all... That John was like, feet don't fail me now. That <laughs> bama turned his hat back and was low running. Yeah. Like Richard Pryor said, he was gone. man. So we just got back in the car and left. That
0: shit was funny because the reason I kept telling you, don't steal baby, is because I'm sitting there with my, my forearm and dude's neck up against the car. And once I heard, nah, brother, it's too much black on black violence. I turned my head and I saw you walking, but baby was in front of you so it looked like you was walking up on baby so i was like hey man don't steal a man don't steal a man that's baby he cool man and yeah you just kept walking like you was coming over to steal delvin but baby was standing in front of you and one thing i one thing i give him man is he always he was always you know good dude but that motherfucker he almost died on a hill that he didn't have to that night because not too many people would put their necks out like that for some one of their boys man yeah, I mean,
1: you know, I knew Bebe in passing back then. Uh, I ended up, you know, getting to know him a lot better in adult life. He would work out um, at the gym that I would frequent, and his sister worked there. And you know, we got, we got, you know, he, he was a good dude. And um, but I remember that day I was like, man, I don't want to do nothing to Bebe. He cool, like nobody has a problem. If you knew him back in the day, nobody has a problem with him. So anybody that knows him from TV and stuff now. He is a genuinely nice dude yeah. and he's a real dude. So that's not an act that he puts on for fans. That's that's who he is. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't want to, you know, I didn't want baby to be there because if we liked him, that, you know, it, this had nothing to do with him. It was all about his little boy. sucker friend. Yeah.
0: And that's what I put in the um in the blog that I posted on a few screws loose under the random um is I just hate the fact that he got caught up in that night. It, I would have rather rather. Rather it have been anybody else but Bebe, because he was always positive. Even back in the day, like, going to the, running in the neighborhood. He didn't even run in the same circles we ran in as far as with the thugs, the criminals, the drug dealers. He used to hang out with the pretty boys, the athletes, and the people that came from, like, wholesome families and shit, man. Like, dude was positive, man. But look at this. Contrast this, though. All right, all right. You got William Catlett, Bebe. Good, you know, good
1: athlete, good student, good guy. Right. And you got Jay Holiday, a guy who got famous and was bragging about how I'm from a black neighborhood in Washington, D.C. and trying to play up his street cred. But that night, the person that ran away was Jay Holiday, the guy with the so-called street cred and the nice, you know, uh, good friend, upstanding dude, good dude. He actually had more heart to, you know, to stand up to people who he had no business even doing that for because he was a good dude to his friend. Yeah. So that tells you right there, man, you know, he's a good dude. And that was just a funny story. And we, we I don't know. I, I can still remember that story like it was yesterday, it,
0: man. That, that was a legendary night, man. But my favorite part, though, was one is remember how we said uh, you never want to fight somebody that don't want to fight. Delvin didn't want to fight. And of course, my dumb ass was like, oh, fuck it. Got to fight him. And I swung. Yeah, but he couldn't do anything. You had him pinned against that car. Man, It was funny, though, because when I swung. He ducked it. And I hate when people do that. They just duck straight down and then grab you by the waist. And he like slammed me up against the car. What's funny is staying calm. You find the whole situation funny. Like some people will be rustling. And it's like, ah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just wait for him. And as soon as I felt my back hit the car, boom, like, all right, time to use his damn momentum against him. Just step out the side and push him towards the car. It's like, man. But the funny part was when he yelled out, he's got a knife and we all looking at each other and he took off. I chased after him, and I made it all the way up to Mount Vernon Avenue. He ran into 7-Eleven and got a cop. And I was like, oh, shit. Turned around, ran back to the car, and left. Like, man, this nigga, like, if you know you lying, he Donald Trump that situation. He said, that dude's got a knife. No one no one had a knife, but it made him feel better about running, I guess. But nobody else ran. And then he called the cops. Yeah. that We had to talk to Detective Ignacio,
1: the guy if you watch Gangland on MS-13, you will see him on there you know i had to talk to him the next day and I, he was oh i heard you you fought this guy after school and had a knife i said fought who knife what and he had nothing and he had to let me yeah, go
0: exactly man